You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. To the Westwire, what, Facebook, Twitter... Wherever we sometimes Instagram mad occasionally when I feel like it, right? Every once in a great while. It depends. Hey, our top fifty is coming along soon, so that means we gotta spruce off and dust off the key the keyboard for the Instagram app. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh we're doing a non preview show because if you're a college football person or even an NCA person, I think there's been a couple things that happened in the past like two weeks, right? Oh yeah. It's this is I'll take the Supreme Court stuff, the NIL stuff, the playoff stuff over expansion like any day of the week, even though we did have some expansion stuff, which I just dawned on me right now, Matt, we haven't discussed besides me writing a couple of things, how the American likes Boise State, but not enough for that, that full invite. They just come over for the weekend, just a part-time friend, come on over, and then you have the Big West, the WAC, and WCC saying, nope, not going to happen for mm-hmm. the sport, so... Yeah, we that's, like that. Let's start with that because I just thought of it. All. Do you do you think it seems like that was really really close to happening? I mean, you hear it so much that it's really hard for me to take it overly seriously about oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen. We've been talking about this for like over, almost a decade now. Yeah, I think this time was closer though. Just because what Dennis Dodd reported CBS and stuff like that. They're basically you're in if you can find a place for your other sports. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just, maybe I just sort of tune it out every time it comes up, and it's like I have been. You know, I, I go I go to I go to like a peaceful place in my mind with like filled with like ocean sounds or something like that. <laughs> it's like the rather, rather than having to think talking, about it, it's like it, okay, just just you know what? Let me know when it actually happens, and then we can talk about what it means. That's fair. It's it's like the Seinfeld thing where they're talking to whoever and they just let the ocean waves go through your mind. They cut screen to the beach or yeah, something. Exactly. <laughs> I, I usually do too. I felt this was closer because the way it's worded and other things. But also, I was thinking, if you're the new Jeremiah Dickey, the new AD there, that would be a huge, beyond huge move to pull off. But I also think he doesn't have the pull to, because the Big West they don't want Hawaii and Boise State for non-revenue sports. Mm-hmm. The um the WAC. Probably doesn't want them back, partly because they're trying to get FBS football in a decade. 
And WCC, they're not a religious school, and so it would be a hard sell. And then going to, like, the WAC would be, like, a disgrace to Leon Rice, the basketball program, and all their other teams that are usually pretty good. So, mm-hmm. But, okay, I was just curious. I just thought about that, too, because that's something we haven't talked about doing these previews the past month where it's been basically every week, not not getting into the news, just kind of getting into the teams itself. But the big thing, the biggest thing is the playoff that changed. Oh, yeah. So, again, if you haven't heard or – I don't know how I don't here's the thing, Matt. How are you listening to this and not heard about this? Is one my first question. But if you have it, twelve team playoff is sooner than later. I don't know the date. There could be some issues like the Rose Bowl and whatnot, the contract. It's probably gonna happen in twenty twenty three season. So two seasons from now. So I guess that what's that, three seasons, I guess? Mm-hmm. So it's twelve teams. Also, Craig Thompson was on that four person committee, which helps a quite a bit for Mountain West, American, Sunbelt, these other conferences as well. So it's 12 teams. That's the plan. Almost, what, 99% for sure. If you win your conference, you're eligible for a bye. So like Notre Dame, any independent BYU, Army, if they have a great year, can't get a bye no matter how good they are. And then the six conference champions who are ranked the highest, which is great to hear because it's not guaranteeing, like this past year, number 25 Oregon getting in or Back in the day when the Big East had like an unranked UConn or ever, was it UConn or UCF with the festival that not ranked or something? I think you were you're thinking about UConn when yeah, they went no. to when they went to uh, what was it that Orange Fiesta. Bowl? Orange Bowl. Oh or no, was no, the Fiesta Bowl. UCF had Blake Bortles, so they were they were good. That was a good team. But no, but the, yeah, UConn. Yeah, and then, and then they went and get they got blown out by Oklahoma. If memory of course, serves. naturally. But so that I like that because that's means this past year I think there would have been what two group of five teams get in there just about. Mm-hmm. Because coastal and then um, Cincinnati. So, what is your when you heard when you heard the formula set up? What was your like first thought about like, hey, this is good, bad. I want more. I want fewer teams. So, so the the details aren't quite what I've had in mind for for a couple of years now. True, but uh, in a, in a nutshell, I feel validated because I know for a fact that we've <laughs> talked about expanding the playoff on this podcast before. Totally, and I've always said twelve teams. That's the magic number, yeah. especially since you're talking about the fact that you know you're talking about you know 130 teams on the FBS level. Mm-hmm. You know, twelve teams gives you you know a shade under ten percent, <laughs> and I think that that is probably about where it needs to be because. College football isn't quite, you know, it, it's not like college basketball, where obviously, you know, the field of 68 tends to represent a greater percentage about of, 20%, I think. of the overall college basketball landscape. But, you know, like the, you know, the number of games they play is different than, you know, the, for, the one and done format is different. It's less, well, I, I don't want to say it's like that much less physically demanding, but like football or football is, you know, rigorous in a way. Um, you know, more structured, I guess, schedule-wise in a way that college basketball tends to be a little looser. Yeah. So, to me, 12 teams was always, like, the just right kind of number. Like, you know, 8 I always thought was too small. 16, as as fun as I think that would also be, is probably too much. But I can, but I can definitely get behind 12, personally, yeah. Yeah, my overall preference was 16 every conference shape you get in and go from there, and which is – what I, I it may come to that someday because FCS has a lot of teams. I think they're more than like twenty four, mm-hmm. but it, this is a better step. Like eight, it's like, well, what the heck? Like you could have like teams that are. I'm looking at the what hap- would have happened last year. Like Iowa State, as much as we disdain and kind of joke about with them, they wouldn't make it eighteen playoff because they're number ten. Mm-hmm. Like Georgia wouldn't have gotten in. Like they're a pretty good team. Not that they win the whole thing, 
but those teams wouldn't, wouldn't have gotten in. And so I think 12 is enough where who cares if there's four SEC teams that get in? That might be the case because last year you had three, Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M. Okay, they're all really good teams. And 12 is enough to take you to conference champions is any conference champion because it's stupid freaking Larry Scott on his way out. It's like, well, why don't we make it all power five and get it? Like, dude, shut up. You're the new commissioner coming in for. He's already had a million better ideas than you have in your 10 years there, whatever it was. <laughs> you're, you're most well known for almost making a Pac-16. That's where you're most known for. Well, outside of getting thousands of dollars sweets night at hotels, having the most expensive conference uh, salary, living in the most expensive city for your headquarters, but actual on-field stuff, you almost had. You almost had Texas. Almost isn't good enough, obviously. Yeah. But I, I do like how it's set up because when you go back through the years, you're always going to have. It's not the thing where Power Five and one group of five. It doesn't matter. If, you, if you're the best conference and you win, you're going to get in. And that's more fair than well, just because you're in a certain conference, you're going to get in just because. You're grandfathered in due to location geography from almost 100 years ago. Yeah, and, and the idea behind it, I think you know, Chris Benini had an article about it in The Athletic uh, a couple days ago, I think. Yeah. And you know, there was a quote from, from the AD over at Cincinnati, John Cunningham, that just it sums up the entire argument. Every team should start the season with a path to a national championship mm-hmm. because with regards to the mountain West in particular, and you know, with regards to like the current members as well as past members, like we've seen a handful of times over the last 20 years where, you know, the teams at the top of the conference didn't get the shot that they deserved. You know, I'm still upset. I'll say it right now. 2004 Utah, I went to the Fiesta Bowl, got to play crappy pit. I watched it beat Texas A&M, crush North Carolina, beat UNLV by 40 points, run up the score on BYU, not even close to anybody. Like, then they go that, against- that Utah State, oh. that Utah team could have won the national championship. So could have you know, a couple of a couple of those TCU teams could have won the national championship. The Rose Bowl you team know, with Tate Carter knocks down the two point conversion against Wisconsin. You know that, that you know the 2007 Boise team or the, yeah. or the other boy did what was it 2010 2011 when they met up with TCU in the Fiesta yeah. Bowl. You know all of those teams deserved a chance that they didn't get, and so that's you know for me as a fan as you know as a Mountain West fan, that's I mean yeah like it's just about having a shot, which yeah. you know every team in the conference didn't have it before, and when this playoff system comes around. You know, now, I mean, it's it's not, it, like I said, it's not a perfect system. I'm with you. I would have rather had, you know, every conference champion, you know, have a legitimate shot. But I think it's, it's, it is it is much more equitable than it was in the past where they, you know, the, you know, the current system shows, like, you know, no matter how well you do, half the teams in the FBS ranks just don't have a chance. And with this new no, system, no, you're, they you're will. No, you're too kind. You're too kind. There's, like, when it's the current setup, there's, what, I, 10 teams, really? Not even, like, five, 10%, man. I think you're being way too generous. Like, maybe a dozen teams have a legit chance every year at a four-team playoff. Yeah, and, and the idea behind it is, like, well, whoa, if you expand the playoffs, there's just going to be more blowouts. Well, you know, you're already getting blowouts with only four teams. So <laughs> Florida State, <laughs> Michigan State, like, excuse me. <laughs> like, you know, Coastal Carolina could have gone to a 12-team playoff last year. Maybe they would have gotten blown out by Alabama. But you know who wouldn't have cared about that? Coastal Carolina? Coastal Carolina fans would not have cared about I'm that. I'm at the playoff. No, and they wouldn't have played Alabama because they would have been the 12th seed 
Shoot, I just had it up here. But I'm just saying, were, like, you know, maybe yeah. they meet up with Alabama in round two or something like that. Yeah, you know, they, but they, with. but they, but they win a game in the playoff and they get that opportunity where yeah. maybe they want Bama and they get them and they get blown out. But you know, who cares? That program is. You tell me that would be the best thing that ever happened to that program. Yeah, like, like last year was amazing. The BYU game, like they they had legit defensive linemen on there. They would have played Notre Dame. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't guarantee that a win for Notre Dame if they mm-hmm. played them last year. Like it would have been at South Bend, probably not a win, but it would have been a competitive game. Notre Dame was quite good, but not that. I don't think they're a lead. Like they weren't going to beat Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State. Mm-hmm. But I, it's just the way. It, here's how it helps about what you mentioned. If they win the conference, they have a chance to get in, and you don't have to be the best one because there's years where we see, like you mentioned. TCU boys who played the same year. We've had multiple years where, crap, this team needs to lose. We're like, it's like, was it two years ago where we had all those trying to figure out, okay, when it was Cincy, UCF, and Memphis kind of all right there. Mm-hmm. And I forget, I think it's Boise, maybe Fresno, I think they're touched behind, where it's like, okay, what scenario do you want to win? Now that scenario still might be there, but if you're between 12 and 16, you have a, there's a chance you could be ahead of a, a Dow to Pac 12 year or, a non-Clemson ACC champion where yeah. you get in. And so that's what I like the most where it's, if you're good and you're right, like if you play, it's everybody's in because if we start now, it's like, well, Boise State or Utah State or San Diego State or Fresno, whoever has zero chance to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. But now all you got to do is win, which leads me a couple of things here. Your pod system needs to come to fruition for every conference in America. If you want your team, if you want your conference to have the best chance, get rid of divisions and just screw it and play. Uh, yeah, I could not agree more. And and I know that we haven't talked about it on the podcast in a while. So in, in a nutshell, the idea behind it is a sort of like a a system that's that's flexible enough to you know accommodate the teams at the top that at least on paper are likely to be the most competitive teams in any given conference. But it is also the kind of system that enables conferences to maintain traditional rivalries if they want to do so. You know, you can set it up in such a way where it's, you know, more regional. You can set it up in such a way where, like, you know, you're getting your best-on-best teams early and often. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way, you know, any team that's potentially making a run to the conference title isn't necessarily and, – and, and I hate to pick on New Mexico for a moment, but, like, you know, <laughs> if, if Boise State is stuck playing New Mexico every year, like, if, if they're on their way to an undefeated season, it's not really going to move the needle as far as their overall resume. True. Um, or, or conversely, like if you're in the West Division, for example, and maybe you're like, you know, San Diego State and, you know, you're stuck playing UNLV and, you know, UNLV's having another down year and, and it's just not going to do anything for you. You know, you, that system sets it up in such a way where you don't necessarily have to play UNLV every year. Yeah. And I think another, th- and I think another thing that, you know, any conference in, in the Mountain West has included this is could consider doing is taking a page from what BYU and Coastal Carolina did last year. Mm-hmm. We know now that you could put together a game in less than a week. So I'm wondering mm, if there's <laughs> if there's any possibility in the future where, like, you know, right now it's an eight-game rotating schedule, right? So yeah. what if they went to, like, seven dedicated games and then set up that eighth week in such a way where if they know that teams are coming down the stretch – Maybe they want to get one versus two, or, or one versus four, and two versus three, so that way you know, whoever, finish, whoever finishes up at the top of the standings, then you can have 
a conference championship game with your two best teams, no matter where they come from. So where you see like a semifinal type game. Something like that, yeah. I like that idea. So I the other idea I had, not quite as unique as this, but open up a weekend for kind of like the old bracket bus for that for college basketball until it got too ridiculously big, where, all right, it's a Black Friday weekend, championship game is in two weeks, San Diego State, you're going to go play Houston, or Hawaii, you're going to go play Northern Illinois or something like that. That might be a bit of a stretch, but your idea would be more feasible and work and work much better. Because so you're, so you're talking about creating like like a you know using that fourth non-conference game. Yeah, that could be a better way to do people. it, but have it be later in the later in the season. Like mm-hmm. it, here, how it could work is okay. It doesn't take all the conferences or however some rotation, or, or maybe not. You, maybe you're not playing dedicated the MAC or the Sun Belt or whatever. But you're like, all right, this year here's whatever it could rotate some form or fashion because leagues are different. Uh, sizes for membership but it could be all right here's week like maybe the first week of november or something where it's kind of whenever but okay you're gonna play one of these handful of teams and you like draw from a hat or something or not maybe that but try to find the best matchup to help both leagues mm-hmm. because now it it doesn't necessarily matter it, it does but it doesn't because if you're telling me like we have this opener you wrote the early preview for boise ucf like mm-hmm. that's a good example both teams should be pretty good um, one might be ranked, one might not. They'll at worst both be getting votes, I'm thinking, and the coaches and people. If you have that game, just say Halloween or something, that weekend, middle of the season, that wouldn't make or break anybody's season for losing. All it would really hurt is your seeding for the playoff. But guess what? You're, if you're a current team, not in the big time conferences, you're not, you're, odds of you getting a buyer slim to none anyway, so you're not getting a top four seed. You're probably going to be get typically any, any year 8 to 12, most likely 10 to 12. So you have so much upside to play that game. If you win, maybe you'll get a, a seven or something. You know what I mean? You'll move up mm-hmm. slightly a bit, and both teams are going to rank. If you lose, well, sucks you lose. It doesn't hurt your conference. It doesn't hurt your conference that much because you still need a champion. It, there is some downside because your ranking would drop because it's a loss, and losses should hurt. Mm-hmm. But I think that that could be a way to get either more better or better non-conference games. But that I like both those options. Like you laid out, like all right, set up a semifinal. Who cares if it's rematch? It doesn't matter. Play them again. Like, I would you want a rematch in that case, or would you want to play? What would you prefer in your scenario? Best team possible, or avoid rematch with best team possible? Hmm. I mean, I'm just kind of I'm working all of this out on like a bag That's of fine. mental sheet of paper in my head. So exactly you know, my, my answers my answers could change, but I would think that. You know, if you end up with a repeat of like, let's say, 2017, for example, Ugh. where where Boise State and Fresno State played in the finale and then played again in the conference championship, yeah, I don't think that was necessarily a bad thing because both of those teams were really good teams. Well, I mean, the rematch for the if we do like a semifinal route, that's what mm-hmm. we did. Yeah, what I get what you're saying. Okay, all right. I, so, I think. Ahead. I mean, without having, you know, kind of played out the scenarios on paper or on a spreadsheet or anything like that, my first inclination would be to say I don't have a problem if that ends up being a rematch of some kind. But I think the idea is, like, if you go, like, one versus four and two versus three, that, like, let's say that four upsets one and and two defeats three, you know, you might end up with a scenario where, you know, maybe two ends up facing one because they already beat three yeah, or something sure. like that. It still, it still like, goes by record. It's not a true semifinal. Yeah, and, like, you know, case in point, if you just want to kind of use a real-world example, like, take San Jose State, for instance. You know, we, we saw them play Boise State in the title game last year. They don't play Boise State this year. 
But I think if they were making a run towards, you know, an undefeated season or a one-loss season where they're, you know, on the verge of the top 25 and, you know, there's a there's a power five, you know, conference champion. So, like, let's say the Pac-12, for example, year, that, that's struggling or something like that. And there's a chance for them to, you know, score a big win to cap off the regular season and then, you know, on their way to hosting, like, a, a conference championship game or something like that. Do you think they would rather have the opportunity to play the Broncos, or do you think they would rather have to stick with their you know current uh, interdivision schedule, which right now they they're scheduled to play Colorado State, Wyoming, and Utah State? Like if you swapped out the Rams for the Broncos, all of a sudden that makes that race a lot more compelling. It does. I want the best, especially I, especially if the Broncos would also have something at stake. Like if you're talking about two teams potentially chasing their way to the top. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I would imagine you want to find a system that gives them every opportunity to beat each other and, and prove definitively that there's like one, one true conference championship that's, or champion, excuse me, that's above the rest. You know, that, I totally agree with that. You want the best to play. It's like, I believe conference USA and basketball does this where they, their final six games. I know yeah. basketball is different. They basically play, me and Andy talked about in our hoops podcast and they basically play they set the schedule up to give your team the best chance possible for in that large bid in case their conference champion doesn't get in because conference championship basketball, typically a one-bid league, maybe two, rarely three, but that gives them the best chance. So I think you'd want to give your program, or the conference, I would say, I guess both, the best chance to play the best team, which is why, A, you get rid of the divisions. B, you're, I, I love your option about, like, play some sort of final weekend. You, It's the schedules kind of reset a little bit. Um you got to figure out home and road games. That's a little bit tricky too, because you don't want to be too inequitable. Where, well, you got five home conference games just because, or you know what I mean, or you're, you get three, so that's a money thing too. Got to kind of, kind of, kind of figure that out a little bit, or that's a little deep in to figure out. about some other concerns they would have, but make the best, play the best games, and then give the best schedule. But also with the pod thing, keep the rivalries. Like dude, we've done this before. We sell the trophies in the league. You probably make four games permanent and the other four rotate throughout, something like that. Because mm-hmm. you always want to do UNLV, Nevada. You want to always have, like, Utah State, Wyoming, or Wyoming, CSU, Air Force, uh, CSU, those teams. Hawaii, UNLV would be a fun one, but Fresno, San Jose, Fresno, San Diego State. There, there's enough to keep them in place. You just rotate. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way it should be, and just the best team goes. And I – are they going to do this? Because Craig Thompson is on this committee to kind of decide the four people to – here's the plan – do you think he's given enough foresight to realize the advantages they could have to give maximize the league to get a higher seed or make the playoff? Has has past presidents given you any indication <laughs> that he's that forward thinking? I, Craig, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm available <laughs> for fifty thousand dollars. I could figure this out for you. Okay. I, I have to ask the question even though I know what the, I know what the answer is coming back at me. That's what you do. You ask the questions you know the answer to. I will say there's two exceptions to that. The conference TV, the mountain, was 
paved the way for everything you see right now, every conference, league, network. That, that was true. It failed, but R.I.P. the Mountain. There was a lot of reasons, and also fun story. I actually got a random email they're working from like the GM saying, "Hey, the mountain's closing down. The week don't tell anybody." I'm like, "What the hell? What am I going to do with this?" Mm. <laughs> I'm like, so I'd be like, "Before, like that's interesting," but and then also, <clears throat> excuse me, this playoff committee now or whatever it's called, the working group or something. He had to like say this is the best path, which he clearly realizes. Okay, the six best champions. That helps us is not just one spot for the group of five and getting the second team in the top twelve is pretty rare in most years from outside the from outside the big conferences. So there's that he thought about. That helps the league. Having winning your conference, if you're somehow top four, you can get a bye, so it knocks out like Notre Dame or BYU has amazing year. They can't get a home game so that could open up a spot potentially as a five seed if Notre Dame's high enough to get a home game. That would be quite interesting. You know what I mean? They'd move up. So I'm not I'm not saying I agree with you about 96%, but you think going through all these scenarios, remember there are 60 plus scenarios they're working with. And this is one of the, this was the one that's basically finalized or very close to it to be there. So I'm not going to not disagree. I'm going to agree with you mostly, but you would think after going through all this, you would, I would hope his eyes would be open. Okay. Why don't we, we did it last year. It wasn't a big deal. We can fix the schedule in a couple of years. I would hope so. I'm not going to hold my breath about it. Most people say you're 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 just kicking yeah. yourself. And then, yourself you know, the other side of it is they have time to figure it out too, because it's not like this playoff thing is going to happen overnight. A couple of you years. Know, I think the you know, the current rotation is is set through what 2026, 20, I believe it is. 25 or 26, and it's always a stupid Rose Bowl. And and but I think you know if they needed to make a change sooner to align with whenever the playoff would be up, the expanded playoff would be up and running, which I'm guessing is like, what was their timetable, like 23 or 24 or something They want like to do two more full seasons, so it will be the 2022 bowl games, 2020, or championship game, 22-23. So basically the 2024 championship for New Year's games would be the first year. That's what they're looking at. So I think, you know, this year is the first part of the rotation where, you know, the, you know, whatever teams are at home this year are set to be on the road against the same teams next year. And so I think, you know, it would basically mean, I think, cutting off, you know, the next rotation halfway and then reorganizing the schedule in order to, you know, make it more viable for whatever conference championship emerges. So I think you basically at this point you'd have, you know, one and a half of the current rotations left before you have to start thinking about yeah, you know, that, what you want to do differently. Whatever, that doesn't matter. Play the games. Get get. Make sure you get the correct home and road games every year. That's all people care about mostly. Yes, I want the right, but that's how you have the pod system or rivalry system, however you want to keep it, where you make sure you play those certain teams. Because, yeah, you yeah. might be bummed. I wrote this article like two years ago. I'm yeah. sure if you ran a Google search, you could still find it. Yes, it still pops up. But I I, I think that's overthinking a little bit. Like if, we ha- if they have a year where, okay, we're switching it up, um, they can make the schedule work. And maybe mm. – Maybe maybe keep the schedule the same for that next year. Like that's fine. I keep saying like like I always do. But my point being, they can keep the same schedule without having divisions. Yeah. For a year to if they want to make it truly fair, because they I remember they it was made like there was a huge graph like it's a decade ahead or something like to twenty eight or something I think something far ahead where here's the rotation for every year. Last year they had to screw it up because of COVID, how many games they played. So there's already been an adjustment that could be done. But maybe keep it one more rotation so. It's the second year of the cycle. You know what I mean? Where it's mm-hmm. before you set up and dump one of the your cross division opponents for the new one. Yeah. So 
that's fine. Let me let's bring up the other question here. I've thought about the league itself is pretty good, pretty good. Say, but what if um, I wrote an article about this and always whatever mentioned BYU a duck because I know stuff is happening coming my way. At BYU Media Day a couple week, or about a week ago now, AD Tom Homo was he's always like he always says, "Oh, we're looking at options all the time. We're always looking at this," which I don't deny. It's a, it's a fact. He does this. He seems more open now to getting to a conference than not getting to a conference. Because the things I mentioned, if they're really, really, really good, they can't get a buy. They There's no automatic path for them. So if we're going to do a ditch division, who, what's the – I see a huge benefit to bring in a 13th team. People on Twitter are like, well, dump San Jose, dump Hawaii, dump Rebels. Like, no, a 13th team. And what it does for me, the reason that Coastal BYU game was important it was, yes, Coastal was good, but also BYU is still a pretty big brand. Even before this past year, for decades it happened, but this year they schedule was softened and they were able to boat race a ton of opponents, including mm-hmm. Boise State. Having, bringing them back in would give you the two biggest brands out of the power conferences out there. More, I don't care, Cincinnati, whatever, UCF, no, not even close. Boise and BYU are the two biggest brands out there. That's not a big time conference. Bring them back in and you instantly are already, you're better than the American with that already. Like they right now, it's pretty close. American slightly ahead with the top heavy team, but bringing BYU, that's a team that would be what top. Well, the schedule they played last year would be comparable to a Mountain West schedule, just about. Mm-hmm. Maybe a touch, maybe a little bit tougher because they played like some Sun Belt teams that weren't amazing. But put them in there, they're going to probably be a top four team most every year, right? Bring them in, people watch the games more and get more money to the conference. Is there a downside to bringing them in besides I hate them? If you do hate them, I don't know what your official opinion is on the Cougars. I mean, personally, <laughs> I mean, I'm a Fresno State fan. Like, I don't have the same yeah. kind of vested interest in hating BYU. That's the, like, let's say, a Utah State fan or a Boise State fan. Or a Utah would. fan, like people say, should. <laughs> I mean, BYU is a national brand. Yeah. People, people watch BYU. Yeah, you know, there was an article I was going to write a long time ago about, you know, TV ratings, and, and I never actually got around to writing it. But one of the things I remember from the findings is like, you know, non-conference games between BYU and, and any team in the Mountain West, you know, regardless of whether it was Boise or Utah State or, you know, the occasional game against like UNLV or Fresno or whatever, people watch those games on average like substantially more than, yeah. you know, just other non-conference games. And... And travel, you know, too. Like, they went to Tennessee a couple years ago, a ton of BYU fans. They go to USC, a ton of BYU fans. They go to the Liberty Bowl, a ton of BYU fans show up. And and here's the thing about BYU. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, like, independents, they haven't hit the same peaks, you know, like last year as the exception. They haven't hit the same peaks they did, you know, when they were in the kind of their final years of the last Mountain West stint, you know, in the kind of the mid to late, going into the late 2000s. You know, with the, because they won 11 games, 11 games, 10 games, 11 games from, from 06 to 09, they haven't quite gotten all the way back there. But they've also been remarkably consistent otherwise. Like, they had just one losing year in the last, you know, decade or so. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, one, one losing season actually since 2005, which is more than you can say for pretty wow. much any team in the Mountain West that's not named Boise State. Yeah, even San Diego State, it took a while to get going the past decade. And so, you know, I think, you know, are they like, I mean, they're not going to come back in and be a juggernaut right away, I don't, I don't think. But I think I'm with you, or they like, they could be competitive. And if last year is any indication, 
you know, all it takes is one year to make the jump. Like, you know, we could, we could talk about them theoretically in like, you know, two or three years, like assuming they come back to the conference, you know, maybe there's one year where everything starts to look like it's going to align. Like, you know, we talk about with, let's say Nevada this year, mm-hmm. where we think yeah. they're going to make a big jump or, or something like that. Or Fresno, like a couple years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But looking like, you know at what they did, like their last four years, the Mountain West outside of the 2010 was four double digit win seasons. The yeah. way, part of the reason the schedule is much tougher because they want to go out and play Michigan State, Florida State, go play all these mm-hmm. power big time conferences, USC, Tennessee, et cetera, et cetera. Coming back in, like, no, I don't see, like this year, they could be pretty good, but they got to replace a quarterback, and Zach Wilson, they're not sure who's going to be their starting guy, which we discussed before in preview podcasts and stuff. We got a trio of guys out there. But I don't, like, people, like, half the ADs or 90% of the ADs aren't around anymore. Half the conference is new from when they joined, like Fresno, Utah State, Hawaii, Nevada, San Jose State. They weren't in a conference when they left before. Um, there's new eight, new presidents everywhere. The only thing is the same is people hate Craig Thompson, which there's reasons we don't need to dive into. You can search and find online about the deal with Comcast, College Sports Network, CSTV, replayed games on BYU TV, kind of live deals with check-its and everything, uh, Dave check-its. So there's all stuff with that that – the only concern that would be issue, they have their TV deal with ESPN right now. But then again, this isn't going to be a thing where, oh, in two years, I guarantee they're going to play it out and see how it is for them for a couple of years. Because mm-hmm. they still have at least two years with the current system. And they have contracts, but some other contracts have outs, but only if they join a Power 5 conference, not joining like the Mountain West or American. So that's, that's a couple ways away. They, want, they probably want to see how the play, new playoff plays out. So that's at least, let's say the playoffs does start in – Season three from now, so three years from now, they're probably going to do at least two years from to see how it goes, maybe three. So this could be a five- to seven-year thing before they decide, that, hey, maybe it is a good idea to go to the conference. And who the heck knows what college football looks like in five to seven years? So is that to consider as well? Will bringing BYU back into the fold make people money? Yes. Yes. I mean, that that's really all you need to know. Like, we've had this entire conversation. <laughs> that underpins everything, as we've talked about many times on this podcast. The only concern with that is currently Boise State makes more money than anybody else in the conference. BYU makes pretty good money. I think they make about American money, so a little bit more than Mountain West. The only thing to work with would be that. Like, well, you got two pretty, like I mentioned, the two biggest brands. Are they, are they going to want to make an equal share? Because I think Boise State's fine with making more money, but as long as it, as long as their current deal of getting a million more dollars a year is, comes through. But if you bring BYU in, the threat of um, like them, oh, I'm going to the American. Well, maybe the American's not much better because they have BYU here. Mm-hmm. So that would be something to work out to kind of how the money would work out. But I don't think, and the league would be smart to say, hey, it'll be equal share, but we'll get more money with, within it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That would be something that needs to be addressed. And I don't think Boise State's deal is in perpetuity. But that's something they want. Like, well, we get more money, but do we still get a million more dollars in Fresno, San Jose, and Utah State? I think that's, like, what they really want. It's like, yeah, if we make money, great. I still want to make one more dollar than you, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you think this will happen within by five, by the end of the decade? Jeez, oh, will they be in the Mountain West, BYU? <laughs> if I had to put money on it, I would say yes. All sports, including everything else? I think so. Might as well, right? Yeah. Okay. I think that would be a smart move, but there won't be any serious conversation until like maybe like 2026 mm-hmm. once they get through a couple cycles because 
Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you know, you think about BYU, and you know, like you talk about the fact that you know, in Independence, yeah, they do have more freedom to pay, play Power Five teams in their schedule, right? But like, have you actually looked at who they played, like let's say two years ago? I got their schedule up right here. Yeah, I'm very like, like is playing Toledo, South Florida, Liberty, Idaho State, Massachusetts, is that yeah. really that much different than playing? Oh, I don't know, Fresno State. You know, UNLV, um, you know, I don't know who's analogous to Liberty. Um, <laughs> you know, um, a, new, but yeah, CSU, I don't know. You but, know, like you're, you're talking about like, a, like a, a pretty good team, a couple of crappy teams. Um, and oh, by the way, they also played two, three Mountain West teams that year. Let's I, put, I, no, go ahead. I'll let you continue. I just think that there's, you know, if they see an opportunity, like I said, for them to, you know, have a chance to raise their national profile by having a clearer path to the playoff, I think they're going to take that. I think they're going to take that risk. I think they're going to take that path because, you know, yeah, they'll, they'll, I think they'll still have the opportunity to play like in Utah pretty much every year. They'll have the opportunity to play, you know, at least one Pac-12, maybe two Pac-12 teams every year. And then if it's a matter of, you know, you you can go play a MAC team in non-conference play instead of having to fit it in somewhere in the middle of the year or something like that. Like I think, you know, they, their their schedule coming back into the Mountain West would not ultimately be that much different than it was as an independent. That's it, a little bit here and there. Last year would have been 2020 definitely because mm-hmm. that was pretty heavy. But like, here's your 2022 schedule. Just a quick. They play at USF, whatever. Baylor, fine. They go to Oregon, crazy tough game. Wyoming, Utah State, Arkansas, we'll see what happens there. At Liberty, whatever, at Boise State, Dixie State, Stanford, East Carolina. Like, come on. That's not, that's just maybe slightly above a mountain of schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, 23, Tennessee, at Virginia, at Utah State, Arkansas, Rice, USF, UNLV, Southern Utah, they have USC. It's, I get what they're doing, like, just this, we're not, I'm not crapping on the schedule. It's a it's a nice schedule to be able to play enough of these certain power conference teams. But then again, they're not really winning a ton. And if they're losing, and the, I'll fully admit and say the only the only reason they were they were good last year, but it, it helps when you play in North Alabama like they're going to play. You go play Navy. You go play. Um, did they play Liberty last year? They play. Uh, they played. Um, Whatever, a couple of Sunbelt teams, I space, but nothing amazing. The schedule wasn't good last year, but they were still dominating, so they looked good. Doesn't mean they weren't good, because they were good. That's the point. Mm-hmm. But to have that type of 11-1 season when you're playing this year, Utah, Arizona State, Boise State, Virginia at USC, that's not happening. Like, that's, and they still, like, that's not happening. Or when they play at Oregon, and they play um, at Boise State or Stanford's probably be pretty good eventually. That's not going to happen. So I think there's no reason not to get those conversations started. But I know BYU's not going to say anything until they see how it plays out a couple years because their 2025, 2026 schedule is halfway done. Like looking ahead far ahead, the 27 and 28 schedule only has four or five teams. However, they're playing Boise State forever. They have Fresno State on the schedule twice, in those, or excuse me, once. So there's room to make adjustments down the road. Mm-hmm. But it's all comes on the money, money, prestige, and brand, and they bring it all to the conference. It'll help everybody out. So if you don't be blind to people, if you it's just be why you hate them, think about the logical reasons because 
what this does for the playoff too, which we didn't mention before, BYU and Independence, if they're they lose two games, are basically done in my opinion, almost for certain. For certain, so they have to be near perfect. In the Mountain West, it'd be good, but I could see a two. We, we could see a two loss team in the playoff potentially, depending on how the American other conference goes. This gives everybody a reason to keep watching your conference or teams play, even mm-hmm. if you have a loss or two, because typically we know. Yeah, I mean, because what you're talking about is sort of is sort of analogous to the kind of year that 2014 Boise State had, the last time they went to the Fiesta Bowl. It was yeah. a two-loss team, but they were the best team in the in the group of five, and so they got that New Year's Day bowl bid. You know, that kind of scenario could play itself out again. And there's just more interest in conference play in November, knowing that hey, we're all these two-loss teams, and we're getting close, and if we keep winning. And if you see Clemson get upset because they're not the juggernaut one year, or North Carolina's Mac Brown's doing just okay, there's room to keep more interest and watch the games and be engaged. That's what I like about the setup where it's going to keep more people watching college football, more people probably listening or reading our stuff, just because you have all these teams that are going to be have a fighting chance, even if you're not ranked at the end of the season. You go to the title game, like typically the Mount West title game is a team in the 20s. If you're the lower team, if you win, great. You're probably going to LA Bowl. You're not getting in. But if you win that game, there's a there, you have a pretty good chance. Like if you're a top 25 team, the America would be higher, maybe top 20, but there's just a chance. And so the whole you, thing is good. You right? want a fresh hot? You want a fresh hot take? What do you got? Right, right out of the right out of the oven in my brain. 30 minutes in. What do we got? <laughs> if the Mountain West has a scenario like three years from now where they can bring BYU back in and they have a schedule where the best teams in the conference don't always necessarily have to play the worst teams in the conference every year. They should just take the extra step and bring in New Mexico State too. <laughs> so one less chance to play them? Well, I'm just saying, like, if you bring in New Mexico State, you make it equitable. You make it an even 14 teams. Okay. Yeah. Still yeah, eight you, conference you, games? Eight games? Still, I mean, yeah, you can stick with eight conference games. Like, And then all you would need to worry about is just you know figuring out how to get more opportunities for your best on best, while also providing some teams that might be at the bottom or in the middle to, you know, if, if one of those teams makes a run to like 5-0 and and 6-0, and then, <laughs> then, you know, they'll have a chance to move up and they'll get a chance later in the year with that flexible kind of late season schedule to, you know, make an impression or not. But I think that, you know, at this point, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of in the same boat. Like, you know, poor, poor Aggies down there in Las Cruces where, you know, we're in a position where, you know, they're playing a Mountain West team three or four times a year already as well. Yeah. You might as well. Like, like <laughs> that makes sense. You cut out a non-conference game, you could play somebody better possibly. Exactly. That's a good point. And New Mexico State's had, had a couple of years. They, didn't they beat Utah State in the Arizona Bowl game a couple of years mm-hmm. ago? So they've had some success, and basketball would be a, a nice thing for the conference as well for them. So that actually helped the basketball conference overall. It might be like a four-bid league occasionally, or five potentially with BYU and New Mexico State. Yeah, um, like, like you know, is it likely that they would escape the cellar? Maybe not, but, you know, we we, we, we let UNLV hang around for that same mm-hmm. reason. Hey, we want the access to the city. <laughs> uh, that's that's true. That's, that's a good point. Should we make that? Let's do our next question because that's the one question we got. Thanks for one question, guys. Kidding, whatever. That's true. From uh, at Wolfie World, he's asking with the with the Mountain West football champion now committed to the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. <laughs> we haven't talked about that yet. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. He his question is: Is the conference abandoning Las Vegas? Shouldn't the Mountain West be doubling down on Vegas in some manner, in addition to its LA presence? And I think that's a great question. What do you think? What do you think? Okay, I'll go first. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll do. It. You read the question, so okay. You're going to LA to get kicked out of Vegas for football. It's not their fault. Yeah, shiny new stadium. Let's get better teams to the town. What they they could serve both cities because San Diego State's right there. UNLV's if you well, I know Vegas is in Vegas, clearly duh, but UNLV going to do stuff in LA is not very far. What you do, which I think would be a smart move if they can get into the arenas, um, not do it, nothing with football really. Well, maybe they could. Maybe they do some showcase game and play non-conference games at Allegiant Stadium, but. This might be more of a basketball thing to help them out where have a host some sort of a conference challenge or tournament over a weekend where you have a weekend in L.A., a weekend in Vegas of like non-conference games, like one of those MTEs where you bring in just, even just a dumb four-team one. There's already a ton in Vegas, but do it in L.A. at Staples or wherever it's going to be now, the new arena down there, whatever. There's a Honda Center and stuff like that mm-hmm. in Anaheim. But that could be an option, too. We bring down – this kind of at the Mountain West, because Mountain West was going to do something like this in, I think, at the Air Force Academy or the Olympic Training Center, I believe, some sort of basketball tournaments. That could be a way to, to go to both cities. Doing some sort of a – there's no West Coast version of, like, the Chick-fil-A Classic or the Belk Bowl games. So there could there's sort of one in Vegas, kind of. you got Arizona, BYU. There's probably be a couple there, but that could be an option, too, where it's kind of a, a big-time money game, well, as big as it could be with the Mountain West – that could be an option, but do you want to give up a home game? Like, do you want to play in the Rose in that new LA stadium and play UCLA? Or they'd want to be at the Rose Bowl. Like, what do you want to do? You want to bring a team, an American team, to come play out there? They can serve both. I think basketball fits better to serve both cities. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it necessarily has to be Las Vegas. I think it's okay if they like host the media summit there, and if that's all they do, then whatever. I think a more interesting prospect is, you know, what what can the conference do to get back into San Diego once the new Aztec Stadium is built down there? Because we already know for the time being the Holiday Bowl is going to be, you know, held at Petco Park until the new stadium is open. Yeah, so, like, what what happens down the line where, you know, th- th- there was a long time where they played both the Holiday Bowl and the Poinsettia Bowl in, in Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. So why can't they do something similar? It totally could. with with the new stadium. Just a bowl game or something, or non conference? Yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't see why not. Well, there's the bowl game's going to be there, but well, it also this also folds in the playoff. What games are going to survive too? Mm-hmm. So that's a good option too. Just something California in general doesn't necessarily need to be L.A. And also, do you need to own a city? Does that make the conference any better? Like, what's the benefit? Why does it matter? Besides. Fan interest or fan travel. That's why Vegas is good. It's not expensive to go. It's basically a driving, a decent driving distance from any school in the conference. I mean, it so is I, an interesting point though, because like Sam Boyd is still there. Why can't Vegas hold a, a game there and then hold, you know, because I'm, cause I'm thinking of like, cause it's Sam Boyd in their graveled parking lot. I don't know. Well, the only, <laughs> so like the only other city that comes to mind when I'm thinking about this right now is New Orleans. Yeah. Where obviously the big stage is like the Sugar Bowl that they host every year, mm-hmm. but the the Superdome also hosts the New Orleans Bowl every year yeah. as well. So you know whether it's Vegas, whether it's San Diego, or, or somewhere else, you know, reasonably close to the to the West, you know, why can't it be something like that? Like 
you know, what if they set up something, you know, what if they had like the Arizona Bowl, but they also set up a secondary bowl in, in Phoenix if there aren't enough out there already. There's, you know, actually Phoenix already has two, so maybe maybe three might be a little too much. Um, or why not hold one, you know, out in Carson at Dignity Health Sports Park or something where the Chargers play, where the Galaxy play or something like that. I mean, I think there are options. I mean, I, I like where the line of thinking is, but I just wonder why why would it, you have to shoehorn it? Why would you want to shoehorn it? Or why would you have to shoehorn it into Vegas in particular? Because it's always been in Vegas for the most part, outside of the couple years at Pepsi Center or Denver where nobody showed up. And part of it, too, if you're doing this, you want to have people go to the games and make money, too, for the conference or whoever's hosting. Mm-hmm. So there's that to consider. But I don't think it necessarily needs to be one. Like, it can rotate to enough big cities. Like, heck, even Northern California could be fine for something for the basketball term, maybe at the uh, where the Warriors play, possibly, if they really want to get creative. Like, uh, they're not going to, but maybe they do some rotating games. Like, I don't know. It's just a... It's a good thought, but I don't think it's necessary to own a town. Yeah. Like, it's that's just my thought. It's good to be there. We know where it's going to be. Basketball in Vegas is perfect. Don't mess with that. But you could have a showcase in certain mountain West cities or something. Or but That's kind of where I'm at here. So, mm. all right, let's do this. Let's get to – I think this is the last topic here, kind of the NIL stuff and the uh, Supreme Court ruling earlier this week. Mm-hmm. So you're an, edu- you're an education business, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> For people who don't know, yes, you are. I am. Um, so the ruling that came out earlier this week was, what, 9-0? Is that correct? Was it unanimous? Yeah. It quite rare. NCAA versus Alston. And it basically came out to be no NCAA. You cannot cap any educational-related expenses. This is yeah. not NIL stuff. It's, oh, you're a graduate student. We can get a scholarship. And you play sports. You can get a scholarship for the law school, or you can internships or equipment for laptop, laptops or gear or something you need that's for schooling. Mm-hmm. They can't cap that off. Yeah, I thought that you know Mark Schofield over at Touchdown Wire, uh, another of our USA Today sports websites, go check it out. Uh, I thought he had a really concise and but also very comprehensive breakdown of like what the decision actually meant, and I think it's important to you know, make that distinction because one thing that he said multiple times is that, you know, both the original decision by, which was written, I believe, by Neil Gorsuch. Yes. He made, he made sure to kind of take pains to ensure that, like, it was a very narrow decision. So it's not like, it's not every kind of conversation. It's, like you said, it's educational kind of conversation. So, like, and I think he had said, um, you know, like giving them a laptop or something like that. Like you mentioned, like a postgraduate internship. Like Mm -hmm. you can't limit those kinds of things because if like, if you're trying to treat them like student athletes, then, you know, why would, why would you want, why would you want to restrict, you know, the benefit, you know, giving them benefits that relate to their success as students? Yeah, because a scholarship, if you're any student at the school, you have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we know it's like getting a job is difficult or, partially because of time-wise. Uh, you can do work-study if it's available, but that's also income-based of what your family makes. So some stuff isn't available to not just football players, but anybody in the school just because your parents make X amount of money and you're not eligible for that just because. But there's I stuff brought up, like, well, maybe Georgetown could fill the powerhouse FCS of grad transfers by offering every smart person a law, law scholarship or something, or like mm-hmm. Rice does it. 
but th- it is very narrow. So while it's nine to zero, it's it's uh, it usually rarely happens, but it's going to help. I think where this is going to help the Mountain West and any other school is bringing in those graduate guys like we mentioned. Because how great would it be? Hey, I'm going to grad transfer to Boise State or UNLV to do the hotel management stuff, which is a pretty big deal and a good school for that. You come in here, because you hear all the time the portal, crap, there's no scholarship for me because there's no scholarship for me because teams aren't holding those out. Well, mm-hmm. now well, we can get you money based on other stuff to get a scholarship to pay for the year from that department. I don't know the specifics how it works out, but there's ways to offer that if you're an athlete. I'm not sure if it's if – maybe they can – because I know football is a headcount thing, so if you get a scholarship, that's it. But there's ways to – like this says, to – if you're an athlete, to have access to, uh, I don't think it's a, is it additional compensation? Is that what this really is? I think, you know what I mean? Well, they, like I said, they, they, the consensus opinion, which was written by Gorsuch, drew a pretty clear line as to what they meant. But I think what, what raised more attention or maybe got more attention, yeah. especially on social media, was what was written by Brett Kavanaugh in particular. Mm-hmm. Because he, I think, in, in his text, and, and Schofield made a note of this, is he alluded to what could come next. And, you know, the quote that he, uh, that he, that Schofield took care to, to bold was the quote that says, you know, I add to this, I add this concurring opinion to underscore that the NCAA's remaining compensation rules also raise serious questions under antitrust laws. Basically, and that's that's where you start thinking about okay, well, how how are the stakeholders in the college game going to start thinking about widening the scope here, widening well, the scope of compensation that is? Because yeah. this thing was the NCAA is not above the law, which yeah. it's not. Because we'll see, like we'll, we're kind of mixing things here, NIL coming up like within a week or so of all these other states, including New Mexico. So. What basically this means, you can get other compensation. It's like the cost of attendance. Oh, you need money to do laundry, it's, but you don't, you can't work to get money for that because your scholarship doesn't cover that. Or just stuff like that. COA, nothing hurt college sports. That's fine. This won't either. It's because the school kind of has the money already. It's like, oh, you need a laptop for a class? Law schools already give those out. But it could be, oh, this, this little extra software will help me for this class that you can buy. Or, oh, hey, I need a better calculator for my math class. That I currently have, I can get. I'm able to allow to get that. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what that stuff type is. And so, but the other thing, like you mentioned, with what um, Kavanaugh mentioned, said basically, these other things are going to lose. That's basically my thought. If they come through net name, image, likeness, they're screwed because they can't antitrust. Trust. It's here's the thing too that people like. Well, with athletes, whatever scholarship, blah blah blah. They get it's it's a great benefit. I'm not going to deny that. However, when Nick Saban makes $10 million a year. Dabo Sweeney makes, what, $7, $8 million a year. The college football playoff, which I put in an article recently, has a media rate still of nine figures. Mm-hmm. They're not losing that money. That money's still there. So It's, it's banked. It's coming. It's, and it's going to increase with the bigger playoff. And the money's not coming. I know there's something with the University of Florida did say about kind of adjusting what they're going to do for NIL, despite a state law coming into effect. But the money's coming from... I think the big concern for NCAA is that their schools, well, heck, why would the guy who owns 22 car dealerships in town, does he still want to give me a check for a million dollars a year when he can have a guy do an advertisement for pennies on the dollar, relatively speaking? That is a concern. 
But I remember listening to was it um, the Split Zone Duo a while back, and Alex Kishner and Richard Johnson were talking about. First off, people still like their names on buildings, so that's one thing. Yeah. Second, University of Texas has so much money they could because it's with the eyes of Texas thing that stupid song. If they could get rid of all those mon- all the donor money coming in who said they would back out, they'd still be clearly in the black and make a ton of money. So I know that's different per school, and that's their concern, but the name, image, likeness thing, like if it goes to court somehow, NCAA's going to lose. It's going to be – and Gary Paris has said this before, and I've mentioned this on a basketball podcast a little bit with you, that basically make everything legal, which is kind of where we're going. Who cares how you get paid? Make a couple of th- – I guess maybe not performance-based if that's possible, not to recruits coming in. Like I'm not going to give you 50 grand to come here just because. Plus also people aren't stupid with money. They don't throw away money. There's that as well. It's like am I going to pay a million dollars to every player to come to the school? No, I'm not going to pay $50 million a year for my football team to win. Like that's a, that's a dumb business move, right? <laughs> maybe in some quarters of the country they might. I know even there. Even Alabama or wherever, I don't care. That's not going to happen. But so I, w- I would not put it past some fanatic or other. I'm just going to say that. I wouldn't put it past for a whole 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 starting okay starting lineup. So twenty two million dollars. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying people are very passionate about college football out there. Anything would be possible. But I mean, I think I think that sort of skewers the realization that the likelihood that you know for you know for what we're concerned with the Mountain West, like we're not talking about life changing money. You know, what we're talking about is, is rectifying, you know, some of the situations that, you know, creep up from time to time. Like I, I I saw this, you know, Twitter thread and I think it was like sometime last week and I, I can't remember who put it out there. I apologize, but it was essentially like bringing to light the realization that like, yeah, students are getting tuition money, but there are still like certain parts of the calendar year where like when the training table's not available, yeah. These these student athletes, these 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 young guys do not have food. Yeah, or not and enough so, food they need to so while they're not, working out like enough nutrition. So food. we're not talking about, you know, throwing seven figures at everybody. Like, you know, like some, you know, the the only life-changing money we're talking about is probably going to get funneled to those guys who are going to end up getting life-changing money three or four years later anyway. But also, real quick, Trevor Lawrence probably could have done that. But then again, say Coca-Cola comes knocking, who else is who else is um, hawking money from Coca-Cola? You have to deal with the biggest athletes in the world. LeBron James? Well, okay, LeBron James. Like, like uh, let's, let's, yeah, let's come put on. it like this. Like, when, <laughs> when, I, when I worked as a tutor at Fresno State, you know, I was a writing tutor for like five and a half years, and I made – minimum wage the entire time I was there. So my paycheck was, you know, somewhere in the vicinity of like, you know, 900 to a thousand dollars per month. Right. <laughs> I'm guessing that like for the majority of athletes, that's the kind of money we're talking about. Maybe if that, and that would be something, just something to be able to put food in the fridge, you know, like, as I'm thinking like, as just as, as a kind of a hypothetical example, like recently, you know, San Jose State and, and Ike's Sandwiches and Love put together a yeah. thing where, like, Brent Brennan has a sandwich on the menu now. Or, like, San Jose State has a sandwich on the menu now. Yeah, it looked pretty good. And, 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 and by the way, I'm, I'm going to go get that sandwich tomorrow. We're recording okay. this on June 24th. You can expect an article about it sometime in the very near future. We also need an Instagram photo to get that page pumping. <laughs> well, like, well, like, what happens if, if the CEO of Ike's is like, hey, you know, like Nick Starkle's having another incredible year. Maybe he's going to be an NFL draft pick, you know, sometime next year. And he raises his overall profile among next year's quarterback class. 
what if he wants to give him like, I don't know, $2,500 to, to be able to give him a sandwich or put his name on, put his name in likeness on billboards, stuff like that. Marketing. That's what it's going to be. Or, yeah, we, there's, that's a perfect way to do it. Or, or even, heck, would they even take, hey, you get a free sub, you get, get those cards, like, hey, you get, uh, you get like a sub a day or something. That might, you know I mean? There's two couple subs a week. That yeah, would be or good. For, like, or for those athletes, you know, like, like whoever the next Jordan Love is, let's say, yeah. and they're able to build a Heisman campaign around him, you know, that, that player should be able to earn at least a little something. Yeah, because there's that company, Open Doors, that's, I think, from Omaha. That mm-hmm. they could hook you up with that, hook you up with like social stuff, and that's what it's going to be. It's going to be most of social media stuff, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff. Like, if, if, like think of the breaking tea shirts they make out. When we make shirts with them, we can't use the name. We have to be creative in how we say it because you can't trademark like Nevada. You know what I mean? Like the state, you can't. Yeah, trademark. yeah. Like there are certain things you can do it, but think of that way where them or like home field or something. Hey, we'll use you to make a shirt for the week for the whatever it may be like a big time play like. The biggest one was the Indiana game last year where the was the touchdown or not, the goal line guy stretching. Yeah. And like that he could have got a ton of messages that at the end of the game, like, hey, we'll pay you this to make a shirt or make an NFT or do something of the highlights. Mm-hmm. Which and that's gonna be there. And that's what this next case is gonna be. It's gonna happen if it even goes that far because July first is the day. But you're right, it's gonna be and we mentioned this before, like when I was in school, I did swimming and water polo, got a few couple grand for when I was at Iona College. If we wanted to, our team could have done something if this is in place. Hey, let's do some sort of camp of some sort, or even teach swim lessons to kids. Like, hey, mm-hmm. come get come get taught how to swim from an NCAA Division One athlete. That's a pretty big draw. Like that, like oh, that's amazing. You come do lessons, do either little kids lessons or kind of advanced, better diving technique, workouts, stuff like that. Those type of, those type of athletes are going to get probably more than your third string running back. Just saying, that's going to be honest. If you like, how much are golf lessons, right? If you're a good golf player, geez, mm-hmm. holy crap, you got to rake it in. So the thing that's coming up this week is July one. New Mexico's won the state, so we. Uh, I'm wondering, Matt, who's the New Mexico player or athlete is going to come out big and or have something on day one? There's got to be somebody, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know who it'd be, but there's there's already stuff in place. But with NCA, they're trying to make some freaking duct tape shoehorn type of deal because like um Justice Kavanaugh said, they're not above the law. So then she's doing a, a good thing here to make it work so it's a more level playing field, but it's still pretty restrictive what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So they don't want more guidance and they've had time to do this. This is this is not a new thing. So they're just dragging their feet hoping Mitt Romney or the uh, Scott Murphy from Connecticut would have um bailed their ass out and say, Hey we got a we got a bill for you guys, here you go. Or Anthony Gonzalez at Ohio, Ohio used to be a Buckeye. They're they're crossing their fingers and praying every day that that would happen, and that clearly didn't happen because you know there's more important things in the country than NIL. You know what I mean? It's not at the top of the list, but I'm curious because I know Utah around here, BYU has deals done. I'm pretty sure other schools within the conference have something cooking to go. It's going to be. This is not a bad thing. If you think this is going to screw up college sports, you're completely wrong. It's not going to change. Who you root for? Players aren't going to sit out. Players aren't going to demand stuff if they don't get it. And there's not going to be an athlete because if you're a big time athlete, even if you're the number one athlete, even freaking Tim Tebow back in the day, Johnny Manziel, if you're competing for those big time deals, you're also competing with Tiger Woods, with Tony Hawk, with Michael Jordan, with LeBron James. You're competing with Simone Biles during the Olympic years, Michael Phelps. Like you're not going to come out with like a seven figure deal. 
Yeah. That might be like once ever, once a decade at most. Like Senny Peel for, or Pell from uh, Oregon, top five pick, or whatever. What's he gonna get? He's an offensive lineman, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He could be like the best. He could be the best prospect from this draft upcoming in. Well, he's not a quarterback, so. Is it like who's if you're? We should do this as an article. Who's the best town school to make the most out of this of NIL? I know we're going long here. We've gone for about an hour plus. But this I mean, would, wouldn't it be Nevada? Wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be Vegas? That's what, obviously, right? It has to be L.A., right? Or, excuse me, Las Vegas, Rebels. Although, I think, you, I think you could reasonably put San Diego in the conversation, too, though. Why is that? I mean, San Diego's a nice town. It is. It'd be a tur- tourist board? Tourist guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, gas lamp district. Okay. I. It, those are too easy. Who would be the worst? <laughs> Do we need to go there? <laughs> Come to I mean, Laramie? Honestly, honestly, <laughs> wouldn't it be Boise? Oh! <laughs> I don't know, man. Laramie, yeah. Boise has cred because they're a good program for football. That's, that's true, but, like, so, like, what else is there up there? I have no idea. I've never been to Boise. Oh, so man. so feel feel free to... to Aaron Collin and Roger throwing stuff at there. Yeah, it's pretty at, right at Matt KFS, you can let me know what's going on in Boise these days. It's... um. A little bit smaller in Salt Lake City, but there's stuff going on. But it could be anything. We have Kenny, but if we're looking at like big picture stuff with the most money, like if you're good on Instagram or social, that's one thing. But actual tangible stuff, I think Vegas has a ton of money, and they do have a couple pro teams now with the um, Raider, Raiders, um, Knights. They got the Aces there trying to get an MLB team in town. I think do they have an MLS team in Las Vegas now too. No, they have the Las Vegas Lights, which I believe is a USL team. But yeah, that's um. It's going to be great. So don't think it's going to ruin your experience for watching your athletes. They make a few bucks. And like you said, it's not life-changing money. If you told me back in, when I was in college, I had to pay like loans and all that garbage. But if you're telling me I can get 500 bucks a week, or not a week, a month, that would have been like amazing to be able to do stuff. You know what I mean? Not even a ton of stuff. Like, oh, I can get better food if I wanted to or healthier food, or I could actually go – to New York City and do stuff for a night and not home and not have to only have enough money for the subway there and back and just walk around and look at stuff. Mm-hmm. I can actually go do things when I was in town there. Go to movies, go to shows, go do stuff, go hang out with friends and go do college stuff. So don't be concerned. Do you have a downside to this? Is there really a downside besides like a bagman coming in? But bagmen are, are always going to be there, so it's really null and void on that. I think. Yeah, I mean this is I mean this is the free market, baby, right? <laughs> Good or bad, right? Like, like you, you, you can't say you love capitalism and then say no, not like that. Well, some people like to, but that's a good I mean, story for the day. We, we don't listen to those people, though. No, we do not. Like, is there like, would you care if you if um, Ronnie Rivers gets a ten thousand gets a ten thousand dollar car because part of his deal with the, some local dealership, like a no. decent, like no, don't care. No. No, I don't, I don't care. I mean, he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna. Hopefully, it's gas efficient. Gas, gas ain't <laughs> cheap around here. It's th- three sixty five at Costco is all I'm saying. That's a good point. It's a, that's a cheap gas. You could, they're probably closer to four bucks everywhere else. But I, like, it's not gonna ruin anything for me if they do. Like, there's not. Again, I was listening to that stuff the other day. Well, they're just gonna do like the bubble at NBA when they didn't play that one day when. Um, I honestly don't recall because so much crap going on. Something with social justice and a race thing. I don't think it was George Floyd, but something in that vein, like last year during the bubble. Like we're mm-hmm. not playing. That's not going to happen in college sports. Like, like, like here's a here's a here's an example of like how little 
things are actually going to change, I think. Because I was I was looking a little further into the New Mexico bill in particular as we were talking, and the one that's going to go into effect a week from now as we record. So the law specifically prohibits universities from within, within New Mexico from, for example, universities can't prohibit or discourage a student athlete from wearing footwear of the student athlete's choice during official mandatory team activities so long as the footwear does not have reflective fabric or lights or pose a health risk to a student athlete. So like if, if somebody if somebody, if somebody if somebody wanted to wear Nike but like you know the official was like I don't know Adidas like yeah. a, a university couldn't prevent that student from wearing Nike shoes if he wanted to. Um, it prevents universities from preventing a student athlete from fully participating in athletics without penalty for receiving food or shelter, medical expenses, or insurance from a third party. Uh, let's see. You can't prevent you. It prohibits universities from arranging third-party compensations. So I think it all has to be done internally. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, on its face, you know, when when the, when the games are played, like it's not going to look any different. It's just yeah. about trying. It's about trying to make things more equitable for the athlete. Yeah, for the unpaid labor for the past hundred years. Mm-hmm. But you're right; these laws, it's. It's not going to be too noticeable. It's like there's going to be stuff in place. Like that, I think that might change. Where I think that's part of the deal. Where well, you can't if you're under armor school, you can't wear Nike. You're like for footwear, but maybe that changes or on the field. But if they they probably can't use the, I don't think they could. Does the New Mexico law say can they use like hey I'm a New Mexico local athlete and wear a uniform? Or is it going to be hey you're wearing just a cherry red jersey or something or a helmet. So that might that might be the one thing I, I I did not mention. So so universities in New Mexico cannot prevent a student athlete from receiving compensation for the use of that student athlete's name, image or likeness or reputation when that athlete is not engaged in official mandatory team activities. It's still not clear to me if I could wear my New Mexico Lobo number 15 jersey because that's what I wear. I read, that as, I read that as giving student-athletes a lot of latitude. It does, but I'm wondering how far that goes. I guess we'll find out. I'm wondering because, if, like, because I, I know the Lobos, the Lobos do have a partnership ready to go with the yeah, company called No Cap. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested me too. in seeing how the Lobos approach these things just because they're going to be first. And so it'll be kind of our first glimpse into how – this this sea change is going to affect the Mountain West in particular. I kid, but there's going to be something July 1st, something we'll see something. I guarantee yes. it, right? Oh, yeah. It will be, I don't like, I don't know who it'll be. Ski, do they sell ski in New Mexico? Do they cut that sport? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, they cut all sports recently. But for, it, some it, reason, it, for some reason, I was thinking he was skiing down the sand dunes out there. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, they don't really do a lot of snow. No. Out in the I, land of enchantment, I don't think. I think I, I thought there's a ski team. Maybe I'm way off base and people are yelling at me. Like Roger's like, dude, there's not skiing here. It's a desert. They do they do track and field out there real well. I know that oh, much. Yeah, yeah I, that's one of the most fascinating to see. Like what's going to be done because I I would think schools wouldn't say you can't. You could say I'm the Mexico Lobo quarterback, Vaki Toyota or whatever, but I can't. But I can't wear my jersey number and actual Lobo gear. That will be interesting to see. But again. I don't think we're going to see a million commercials. There might be some. I don't. Again, I think it's mostly social media stuff, which is the cheap and best way to reach people. Mm-hmm. And and private lessons in camps. Exactly. That's what I think it'll be. I don't think because why the heck would 
no offense to Lobos, but any team in Mountain West, why would say your Nike school, why would Adidas come in and pay just you money for the shoe that you can barely see? It's same color, it has to be the same color. So you can't wear like a white, your team wears white and your black shoes. <laughs> like maybe basketball, I could see it. It could be a difference, but that's not going to do anything for football. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm running out of stuff to stay here and wrap it up, but it's going to be fascinating to see what gets done. And I'm all for it. Make what you want. Make it basically everything legal. I know they mentioned that Lamborghini rule, but it's like, okay, that's – again, if a business wants to be stupid or – I don't want to say stupid, but if they, like I mentioned before, pay every starter a million dollars to go to Alabama. If you want to do that financial, go for it. Find a job for them to do. Have them – whatever compensation returns back for the receive that money. But businesses, I'll say this, businesses aren't dumb. They're not going to toss the money at this just because for, like, exorbitant amount of money. I don't think there's going to be millions upon millions of companies or individual people spending money to, hey, come, we'll put you on a billboard and pay you $5 million. Put you on a billboard, you might get five grand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're not going to give you millions upon millions. People might be tempted to try to do it, but the market will – I think the market will be what it is, and there's a reason – Rich business people are rich business people. They don't make dumb business decisions. I mean, in, in the famous words of, uh, of, of North Carolina A&T head coach, uh, what's his name? I'm trying to look it up right now. Oh, oh I just saw it a second ago. Sam Washington? Sam Washington, I think. For some reason, it's not showing up what, in this article. What are they doing? It's, Tell them to bring me my money. Oh, Sam Washington, yes. It is Sam yeah. Washington. Tell them to bring me my money. Uh, sure. Every, every every student athlete in New Mexico should be saying that on July first. Hey, I'm open for business, right? That's what you got to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, just make money doing Twitch streams, playing like Roblox. Come on, I'm just saying. Mike can watch that all day on YouTube and stuff. No, a, no, no, no. The, the move the move is you you start a you start a dynasty on NCAA 14, but and, and you do that until the new game comes out. You get to, how does that work? Like you get to put your name on there. You, you, get, you just you just stream. And then oh, you, sure. I, oh, sure. I, I have no idea. I don't. I don't know that much about stream, about Twitch or anything. I, they just play. But I know people. I know people make money off of it somehow. That's about the extent of my, my knowledge. Kid will watch Fortnite videos all the all day. It's like, how do I do this? And then there's a little twenty second ad. He'll watch freaking um, Dan T, Dan TDM if you know who that is. Freaking popular British guy does video games, random stuff. Just play Matt. Just people. Hey, I got here's my Twitch channel. I'm doing Mario Kart. Come watch me play. That's basically what it is. You can make money doing that. So, because there wasn't there a UCF kicker who got like had to decide between his popular YouTube channel and playing. Yeah, like, do you can do stuff like that. It'll be fun. People pay to go places. Like I guarantee, we'll wrap up on this. My radio station at work at, we're already working on stuff. Well, I don't know how much I'm. In, I'm not involved in it, but I should be because I'm radio side. But for TV and radio, there will be stuff where we guarantee we'll do. We'll have somebody on like once a week or something, and. Pay them a hundred bucks a time or two hundred. You know what I mean? Like a hundred bucks mm-hmm. appearance to come on for half an hour. Guarantee it's going to happen because people want to listen to that type of stuff. So that's what stuff type the type of stuff you'll see. It's not the. Uh, do you think? Okay. Do you watch John Oliver at all, Matt? Yes. Did you see the recent one about product placement? I haven't gotten around to that one. Oh. Yet. Okay. You have. It's like from three weeks ago. I'll give a quick story. So it talks about how easy it is branded content. You know, it's like, hey, we got this person on to talk about this, this, or this, like the midday noon show or whatever on the fluffy news on the middle mm-hmm. of the day, those type of things. Oh, yes, I did see that one. <laughs> see the sex blanket? <laughs> yes. So watching that, I'm like, hey, we went to Salt Lake City. I'm like, 
please don't be where I work. Please don't be where I work. Uh, and it was not as somewhere else. But there could be stuff like that where they hop on and talk about or something. That's a uh, – I just jumped in my mind because that was freaking hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's hilarious. There's a five-minute clip on that little bit where like, hey, how hard was it to do this? But there will be stuff like that. That's, think of imagining that way how p- these guys can make money. And so – if you don't like it, don't watch it, but I'm like, it's not going to change how I watch football or care about it, right? Mm-hmm. Do we have anything else to add besides going back through all this? We did expansion, playoff, BYU, NIL, Supreme Court, answered a question. I think we're good to go. I think we're totally good to go. All right, so we'll, we'll be back next time. Our next preview, preview, check our Twitter, MWC Wire, where we will have, um, a, we have what, how many teams have we got? Seven, I think seven, right? So we'll get those teams this week. We'll record this weekend at some sort, some point, depending on when you're listening. So go check those out. Go check out our past ones. We've done Boise State. We've done um, Colorado State. We've done Utah State. We've done Nevada. Who else am I missing? San Diego State. San Diego State. We've done them. So check those out. And we'll be back next time. And this is a great time. We wanted to have a show where we're talking about current timely stuff. It's always fun to do this. So we'll be back next time and just subscribe and check us out wherever you get podcasts. And next time, folks.